Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Michael, today we're talking about arches. Orches. Orches. Orches National Pork. As we would say in our Baltimore, um, Baltimore accent. Baltimore accent. Do you know what arches makes me think of? What does arches make you think of? The big little lies. I know. At the end of every day we were hiking, we would just like sit on a phone and watch Big Little Lies. Oh, yeah. Because it was, it like, was the talk of the town. Yeah, it was the talk of the town. Like we could not be ladies of society without, <laughs> without Big Little Lies. Right. We definitely were like totally like wiped by the end of the day. And it was like, okay, guess what? We're going to go eat our like weird dinner that's just like to calorie load from calorie everything load, that we like totally lost. Load. And then we're going to just sit on your phone and totally watch Big Little Lies and like be sucked into all the drama. Oh, and we were. And Laura Dern screaming, I said thank you! I know. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. <laughs> you were so good because you called the ending of Big Little Lies on like episode three. Oh yeah, I was like definitely feeling my like premonition lifestyle there. I mean, it was just, it was so good. It was that good. The whole show. The whole show. I cannot Thrilling. wait for season two. Season two with Meryl. I can't believe she's doing television. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Meryl Streep on television. <laughs> it's like a gay's dream. Yeah, it is. I'm looking for adventure, wanna follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes and open your heart when you gaze at the National Park. At the National Park. At the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you there.
So Arches National Park is located in southeast Utah. It's basically directly across the state from where we were at Zion and Bryce Canyon. It was first established in April of 1929 as a national monument, and then later in 1971 as a national park, which is kind of crazy to think that that was a pretty long span of time. Pretty between, long span of time. Um, and that was November. So she too is a Scorpio. Scorpio. Mm, Look at Scorpios. All down Scorpios. I mean, if we go off of their established date of April 12th, would that make her a Aries? She, yeah, she'd she's be an Aries, a National Monument Aries, mm-hmm. and then re-endowed as a Scorpio. Yeah. She's a rising Scorpio, mm-hmm. as we might say. On Dusty and Mike's astrology corner of the national parks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Arches is about 120 square miles. It's really best known for exactly what's inside of it. It's it's natural arches. So how are those arches formed, Dusty? Based on science that I've read up on, arches are formed most of the time by wind erosion. Usually a cave is formed first, mm-hmm. and then when it breaks through the other side, it creates an arch. I remember, because there was a a lot of good signage and placards within the park. A lot of that also had to do with water erosion too. Like oh, yeah. sitting in like a bowl um, right. and then the cave being underneath. And so that water just kind of broke through and then after time, that exactly. wind and water erosion helped to form the arch. Arches is a really fascinating national park as far as like you can literally see the sediment of the earth differently colored going yeah. up the mesa. And it can tell you like this is from this million years ago, and this is from this million years ago. Well, we're still on the Colorado Plateau here, just like we were for Zion and Bryce. So all of this is like way like raised. And this is also in geological time, like all of this area of the country took a very long time to develop, if we're thinking about it in that sense. So it makes sense that you're able to see those striations in the rock. Absolutely. And those different like sedimentary levels. Also on Geology Corner with Mike and Dusty. Geology Corner with (laughs) Mike and Dusty. Speaking of corners, um, I have a quick offerings corner that I need to make. Offer some things up to me. We had a listener write in on Instagram to tell us that she hiked in Congaree National Park in the fall. And when she was there, there were no spiders. So apparently, you were right, Mike. The spiders only come out during the warmer times, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. Snacking on things. Snacking on things. Even though I'm sure it's pretty, South Carolina is probably pretty warm year-round. I mean, sure. But I mean, it's still northern enough to be, you know, mountainous in places. And so I would imagine that, you know, it does get chilly at times. And so those spiders go take a vacation. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. But we did not see any spiders in Arches National Park. No, we did not. We did not. Our journey in Arches National Park began actually from Bryce Canyon National Park. So we woke up in our hot tub hotel. In Oh, that's a great <laughs> right. name for it. Hot, hot, hot tub, tub hotel. hotel. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. I mean, with the we hot tub right next to our bed. Literally around the corner from the Grand Staircase right. National Monument yeah. at that point. That was the, the the motel that also had like... The convenience store in the bottom. It was the convenience store mm-hmm. lobby. Yeah. Um, with um, the very, very curious teen male who was like, so you guys are staying in the same room? Mm-hmm. There's only one bed? Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Right. Right. There we go. Right. But um, we woke up unbelievably early. early. Ungodly How early. early did we wake up? I want to say that we were, it was dark when we left. It was like, God, it, it had to have been four, like but it was like five ish. Probably. And I think we had like, we we're like, okay, we left Bryce. We took our hot tub 
bath, shower, whatever you want to call it. And we're like, we're good to go. We like laid out everything and we like hit the bricks pretty early. We did. Yeah. And we are in the car and we're driving now to another part of Utah to head to Arches National Park. Right. Because like Bryce is not really center of the state, but it's like, it's more Western, I would say. It's like in that first quarter of the state that's on the Western half. So I think our drive time across the state was like, I don't know, like four or five hours. I don't, I'm not looking at Google maps right now, but But this drive in particular was just the most breathtaking scenery I have ever seen Mm. in my entire life to the right and left was just like the most gloriously vast, like mountains and mesas one could ever see. Mm -hmm. Now, For those listening who may not know what a mesa is, what is that, Mike? A mesa is a geological formation that is mountainous, but it has a flat top, basically. I guess it could also be known as a butte, although I'm not sure if those terms are mutually exclusive. I'd have to look into that. But that's another geological formation that was in a jeopardy that I tortured you with. That's right. That's right. And I will say, um, I have used the word mesa, Mm -hmm. and I know that some people do often use that word. Mm -hmm. Butte is not a word that most people use. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade at you or anything right, right now, but mm-hmm. yes, butte is not often a word mm-hmm. that, that most people use. Right, right, right. That was a, such a glorious drive. I remember taking so many photos and I just was like, this is real. Yeah. This is real. What we are in right now is real. I remember stopping at McDonald's in the morning. Like we were at least an hour or two into the trip and I remember it being so cold when we got out of the car. And I know it was incredibly beautiful, like scenery, but it was also incredibly desolate. I feel like when we drove from Zion to Bryce, it was like we were passing through these like little tiny baby towns. It was like a population of 50. And then we're on the road. We were on like a major highway, though, I feel like crossing the state. Not that we weren't going from Zion to Bryce, but this was like you're not passing through towns at all. So it was very kind of lonely out there on the road as far as like seeing things. There were obviously like exits that you could pull off on because we pulled off on an exit to hit McDonald's. But We did, yes. But it was, I mean, those roads were steep. There were a couple of times on that drive where I was like, I'm going to need to pull over and you're going to need to drive this because I just, it's too terrifying for me. I mean, it was like... You mean like our entire time up arches and down arches? (laughs) Or really downhill. Those were some really steep angles out there on those roads. But this took us all the way to... Like Moab, basically. Basically to Moab. I remember we had typed into Google Maps, which again, reasons to have an atlas in the car. Mm -hmm. We did not have much cell phone signal. Right. What is good to know, though, is that if you are in a place that does have cell phone signal and you put in your destination into Google Maps and hit start, then even if you lose cell phone signal, it will still guide you to where you are because the GPS, it still can track where your phone is on the earth. So, um, Because Big Brother is watching. Because Big Brother is watching. (laughs) And not in the sexy reality TV show version of, of life. So we were approaching Moab essentially, which is where Arches is. Mm -hmm. And also Canyonlands, which is another national park. I mean, it really is like these two enormous national parks, Mm -hmm. literally right next door to each other. I mean, they are across the road from each other, sort of like, you know, like competing liquor stores. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. If <clears> if <throat> you will. Or like little competing video rental stores. Yeah. It's you like know. the local store mm-hmm. and then like the big It was Blockbuster and Hollywood video. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's let's what see we who have. runs each other out of business first. And l- that's who what we have going on at Canyonlands and Arches. So who's the Blockbuster and who's the a Hollywood video? I think Arches is Blockbuster. I think so too. And right. I think Canyonlands is Hollywood video. Yeah, okay, great. Right. That's what I thought too. Um this is what we're friends. So <laughs> Because we have agree on video store rentals. We do, exactly. Mm-hmm. Even though Rose Video is where I would definitely yeah. do all of my rentals mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. That's the Schitt's Creek reference. Mm-hmm. So our GPS is taking us to, to I had Arches, just typed yeah. into, I had typed in Arches National Park. Right. So we're driving and it tells us to turn off of the road, which is a dirt road that is right there. Now, mind you, it is the desert. So there are some dirt roads that are like, it's open. Like you're not, you know, this isn't like deep woods, Mississippi dirt roads. And there were a lot of cars too. But we turned off. I was like, well, this is, this says, this is it. And you were like, girl, to say not. (laughs) No, I think I've had experience with this before too, where, I, when I was in the Pacific Northwest, I think I was in Olympic, I was driving to a part of the park and the part that I was driving to was the hike was supposed to start from a ranger station. I typed in what I thought the ranger station was and it wasn't. And I wound up this like gravelly road in a rental car that I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get charged because everything's going to be dented. And I was like, "Mm -mm, no, 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 no. And I think this is our life lesson where it was like, oh, you always have to type in visitor center. You do. Post the national park because that's usually where you want to go to first anyway. So lesson learned. And also just in general, use your senses. Right. There was nothing about any of what we were no. going. I mean, I felt like Michael Scott in that episode of The Office where he was like, no, turn right. It's saying turn right right here. And they like drive the car into a lake. Right. That's what I felt in yeah. that moment. But we recovered and we got back to the main road. Oh, yeah. And we moved I think on. it like put us like 45 minutes out, though. I think like we it were did. basically in like entering into like backcountry arches we were and i think in my little libra brain where i was like oh my god we're losing time and now we're 45 more minutes out and i like had a panic attack in my brain and i've like since let those things sort of go and we were fine and we were fine we had plenty of light right. and we got to see everything oh, yeah. we wanted to see yeah. that day so we ended up at the entrance to arches which is basically like again right off the highway not that far down the road from Hollywood Video, Canyonland. There's a pretty decently long line coming off the highway to the visitor entrance center, now, which you can is, see from the highway. This is how the entrance to Arches National Park works. Where we were going in is essentially the main entrance. Mm-hmm. I do believe there are a couple of other entrances that are tinier and smaller, but it's not like the one that they ask visitors to go through. You pull off this main road. Right to your right is the visitor center. And you pass the the booth where the ranger station is so that you can pay to get into the park mm-hmm. or show your park badge, right. which is what we did, right. or park pass. What you have to do is drive up on top of a mesa yeah. to get to the park because yeah. all of Arches National Park is atop a mesa. Like a gigantic mesa. An enormous mesa. Right. The largest mesa I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And for that, I said, no, no, girl, I am not driving (laughs) on those. So you put your life in the hands of quick around the corners McGee over here. I did. Yeah. Because I was like, no, you know, no. 
I don't want to be responsible for this. Yeah. And if my life suffers because of it, then my ghost oh, well, will haunt your my ghost. My ghost will haunt your <laughs> ghost. Right, exactly. So, right. So you got in the driver's seat. Right. I think we basically stopped at the visitor center to use the restroom. And then, we like, did. that's where we did the switcheroo. And that was where we got a map and yeah. we took a look at what hikes were available. Mm-hmm. Now, we had previously come from. Zion National Park and then Bryce Canyon National Park. Mm-hmm. And the way those parks work is Zion had trams that would take you to different stops. Right. And there were different trails that you can hike on those stops. Yeah. Bryce Canyon had a bunch of interconnecting trails. There were about eight of them inside of the canyon. And that is what you walked around in. The way arches worked is essentially that it was a park just to preserve those arches. Right. There were pull-offs. They were pull-offs. So it was a driving park. Right. So you drive, and then you pull off. You take a look at an arch. Or you walk, you walk out walk to, up it. to mm-hmm. it. And then you come back to your car and you move on. But there are essentially two things that you can get out on your feet and hike. There is the Devil's Playground. Also, you can hike out to Delicate Arch. In this episode, we're talking about our hike into the Devil's Playground. On our next episode, we'll be talking about our hike out to Delicate Arch. Right. We're in the car. We have the map. It's not a circle. Arches is like an out and a back. There are off-roading parts of arches. And there's like this one section of arches that's really far out that like most visitors don't really go to. And you have to have a permit to go there. We were going to the Devil's Playground, which was all the way at the end. As in you had to drive all the way out. It was was like like, a half hour drive, I think. It was like almost 20 to 30 miles or something. Was that that far? It was definitely at least a half hour half hour to 40 minutes because it was like the furthest point out that you would go for like to do any sort of uh, gazing at arches or what have you and along the way we're seeing you know a bunch of these landmarks that we would come back to like grand avenue and we would pass some of the arches that you could see from the roadway easily easily see from the roadway we're just meandering our way out and it was kind of a gray day that day Which actually worked out, like, I just looked back through our photos, and photographing in gray weather is, like, the The best best. photography. Absolutely. Photography. Photography. Um, Photography. It is. It is the best. And it was actually a little bit cooler that day, which was really, really kind of nice. So we were able to park, and I just remember getting out to Devil's Playground, and I think we were probably out there probably close to midday, like, around one or so. and I remember seeing... At Devil's Playground, somebody had parked and had one of those rented vans, and it was like a sleeper van, mm-hmm. which we have a juicy in, van. On previous trips, have talked about getting, and I was the one who voted no. Yeah, you kibosh that real I quick. I did kibosh it real quick, but I'm I'm happy to return to the Airbnb. We get out, and we are now looking at the map for Devil's Playground, right. like on the placard. It says that Devil's Playground is a strenuous hike. And this is essentially the first time we encountered this word used in this way. And I was like, but wait, like so many other hikes that we've done on this trip so far have been called strenuous. How strenuous is it? I literally said out loud, I was like, is this like Angel's Landing strenuous? Or is this like Peekaboo Trail strenuous? Right. And as I was saying this, this lovely lady next to me was like, well, it looks pretty flat from what I've looked at. And I think you have to go up onto some rocks, but I don't think it could be 
too bad. And she had a few friends with her and um, they were all like so sweet and nice. And we chatted for a second and I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. It's yeah. like, we did just do Angel's Landing at Zion. And she was like, then I'm sure you're going to be fine. It's like, yeah, okay, great. So from there, we decided to head out into the Devil's Playground. Yeah. And with that, let's take our first break. So today, we're playing The Vault. Oh, The Vault. You get to put one movie from high school into The Vault that sort of captures the entire essence of your high school experience. How to deal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I hadn't even thought of that movie. What a genius, genius movie. Mm -hmm. Tell us about this movie, Mike. How to Deal is about Mandy Moore, who is a high school student. Allison Janney is her mom. And Peter, what's his name? He's got really dark eyebrows and he was in the OC. Anyway, the dad from the OC is her dad. Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher. Thank you. And they're divorced. And it's all about like Mandy Moore, like just kind of coming of age and discovering herself and like really just like figuring out who she wants to be and like not kind of taking anybody's bullshit. That was such a good movie. Right. I saw that movie with my mom Mm -hmm. and frankly, there was no one else I would rather Mm -hmm. seen it with. And Liz Fair singing White. Why can't it? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. I love, love, love. Good that old movie. Liz Fair. Mm-hmm. How to Deal. What about you? What's your vault movie? I'm not going to lie. That was like one of the reasons I knew that we would be friends forever was. <laughs> I mentioned one time, I was like, yeah, there was that movie with Mandy Moore, How to Deal. And you were like, girl, stop right there. Seven people saw that movie and I was one of them. <laughs> That's how I know we're going to be friends forever. <laughs> Okay, well, I am putting aside things like Clueless okay. and Mean Girls mm-hmm. because those are iconic classics. Right. I'm going to put in the film starring Kirsten Dunst and Mila Kunis and Cisco and Ben Foster called Get Over It. Oh, I don't know this film. Oh my God, this movie is amazing. Okay, great. Okay, so it is the high school movie that centers on a production of a Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. So it's like hitting my like Shakespeare... G-spot? G-spots, exactly. The movie is about Ben Foster, and at the top of the movie, his girlfriend breaks up with him for this hottie played by Shane West. Mm -hmm. And Shane West is like a famous actor or something in the movie. Literally, the opening credits is like Ben Foster's walk back to his house, and he's like dumpy and upset about it. And literally, Vitamin C, the singer, follows him singing a song. It's great. And then all of these people get cast in this high school production of A Midsummer Night's Dream that is a musical. And the drama teacher is played by Martin Short. Okay. Kirsten Dunst plays this girl who's like a burgeoning songwriter. So she doesn't want to sing the song that he's written for her to sing when she's playing Helena. So she writes a new song and like puts the new song in during the show on opening night. And the song is called... um, to sleep perchance to dream, which is technically not from A Midsummer Night's Dream. That is a quote from Hamlet, but they threw it into this Midsummer Night's Dream Great. show. It is a perfectly ridiculous little teen film okay. that I never want the world to forget about. So Great. that well, is the one I'm, I'm throwing into the I'm glad you shared it with me because you must see things it. I need to see.
so we set off onto the trail for the Devil's Playground. Yeah. And there were quite a few people there that day doing that hike. I remember all of us walking out, and there were there were probably like 30 people. It was busy. That parking lot was a larger parking lot based off of, you know, our later adventures and, and seeing what other parking situations were like. And I think it was a larger parking lot because that is like one of the the larger trails to go ahead and hike. Yeah. What's special about that trail is that you can see eight arches by foot. Yeah. Like you get on your feet, you walk out, you can see eight of them. Yeah. And it's a big old loop. Like you walk out and there's like a fork basically that you can go to the right or the left. I think they recommend you to go to the right. When it came to the loop, what you could do technically is go off to the left and see most everything. Mm -hmm. And then you could actually like after you saw the last arch, turn around and go back the way you came instead of making the loop. Because the section that makes up the loop is technically the harder section. Yeah. The primitive trail. The primitive trail. And we decided to head right and go on the primitive trail yeah, first. Yeah, but which, we did end up seeing two arches before that. We did. We and saw, which arches did we see? We saw a tunnel arch and pine tree arch, and they really weren't that far out on the trail. It was a pretty quick area of like ascent. It was kind of like a little down and then up again. It was very sandy. That's one thing I do remember. I remember being able to stand inside of Tunnel Arch, which was so impressive. I mean, there were so many other arches that we saw the next day, too, that we were able to stand underneath or stand within. But All this of was the just arches like, in Arches National Park are pretty right. amazing. Yeah, but this was like in our incredible kind of like first peek at everything. And like yes. looking out into the vastness of the park from that arch was just so magical um, totally. to really see everything as far as we could. So we're making our way down the primitive trail. For a while, the primitive trail was sandy desert Mm -hmm. and then it was sort of there was some vegetation around us the reason they called it the devil's playground was because on these trails all of which were marked by karens Mm -hmm. sometimes you had to go karen stone miss karen stone you had to go like up Mm -hmm. over giant boulders that were there and so sometimes you were going up and down you had to like jump up and jump down and like you, it was definitely, you know, a playground. Um, this was the, of all of the parks we've hiked, I think this is my favorite trail. It was so it much It is fun. basically a giant adult jungle gym. Oh, yeah. And if you are able to climb over things and you aren't afraid of some height differential, it's nothing that's ever too, like, drastically high or where you would feel unsafe. But there are elevation gains on the rocks, Um if you feel comfortable with that, this is such a blast of a trail. It like, was such a blast. I wish it was all closer the time. because I would hike it all the time. Like, oh I yeah, feel like it was so much fun. Eventually, we kind of leave a general path that is, you know, like a normal hiking path, like through the earth, and you are basically for most of the rest of the trail, you are on rock. And the other thing that I loved about this trail was because you were going like up and down and over rock and all this kind of stuff, it was sort of like a scavenger hunt to find the next Karen Mm -hmm. because you were so dependent on those Karens to tell you where to go. Right. And And the Karens, and if you've never seen a Karen before or if you're unfamiliar with Karens, sometimes they can, they don't, they aren't always the same. For example, when we hiked in Acadia, they utilized Karens there for their trail marking systems and they were slightly different. These Karens were rocks that were stacked on top 
top of each other. Literally just rocks like, stacked on top of each literally other. Literally rocks that are stacked in like a descending size order from largest to smallest. The ones in Acadia were similar, but they had like a little Karen cover over them made by wood. It's really important that with the Karens, you're respecting them. You're not knocking them over. You're not building other Karens on the trail. That is so important. Because it's- it can really, really confuse hikers that are out. Sometimes we would see Karens clustered together. Because people were because people were making who were like, Karens. I want to make a Karen, but I'll make it next to this other Karen. Right. So people Which isn't, don't get confused. You know, isn't great because I still feel like that's like a little bit of a confused scattershot of some sure. things. It made it more of an adventure to be like, find the next Karen. Like that's your marker. Absolutely. You know? And so the ladies that we had met at the top, they had ventured off to the left and we had ventured off to the right. And then there was a moment where we were like by ourselves. Right. And we we're walking through what looked like it used to be like a riverbed or something. Then yeah, we we'd saw... come over like this giant, like kind of rock formation that it was definitely like, how do we get over this? You had to kind of watch how other people did it. And we do kind of come into this dry riverbed. And in it, we see a bunch of mule deer. Well, we were like walking behind some brush and I was like, oh my God. And you're like, you freaked out because you thought I saw a snake. I, I did. You were like, I did. I was like, holy crap. And even though literally I mean, it's the desert, right. it's the snake's natural right. habitat. Five feet from us, these mule, this pack of mule deer, a pack, there were at least three didn't or realize four. we were there either. Mm-hmm. And, and they walked were large. Right by us. Oh, they, they were real big. They were large. I mean, it was like their backs were at like our shoulders, and we're like six foot people. Yeah. The six so, foot people. The six footers. <laughs> So, like, after that, we were really astounded. I think we tried to get some photos, but we weren't quick enough because we were so startled by it. It wasn't like we saw them from a distance. But we kind of continued to hike around. We ended up hitting Private Arch, and then we walked out to Dark Angel, which is not an arch. It's more of, like, a giant kind of rock obelisk. That's a great way to describe it. And actually, I don't even know if we walked all the way out there. We didn't. Like, we walked and we saw it, and then we came back. Walking out to Dark Angel, it wasn't, like, a cliff's edge because it was a little more um, gradual. Mm -hmm. But there was this vast open landscape that you could just see out. And I was just standing there in awe for so long because I was like, this is just everything. This is why I do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, seeing that was so cool. Yeah, and this is, at this point, you know, after we see the mule deer and as we're hiking out on this part of the primitive trail, we're kind of off the rocks again and we're in, like, a bunch of sand, like, sandy trails, basically. And then we ran into those ladies again. Right. We were, like, kind of right around double O arch. We Um, we were. And we were like, oh, hey! And we (laughs) then I talked to them a little bit more. We both did, and I was like, so um, what are you guys up to? And they were like, yeah, we just like, we all hiked together. Right. And like, they were so friendly. And we were like, it was, you know. Good like, seeing you again. Good seeing like, you again. Yeah. Maybe we'll see you again. We turned to each other, I think. We turned to each other in that moment. And we were like, they were so fun. And I'm the one who said, I kind of want to like ask them to like get drinks or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're like women in their 40s. 50s? I would say like early, late 40s, early 50s. Maybe probably. around there. Because I think they had like kids of varying ages, but a lot of them were in and they their had late teens, early 20s. They had mentioned that in that second yeah. conversation we'd had with them. They said that they love hiking and so that they just travel together. They are so much fun. I really enjoy them. So we continue on the Devil's Playground. Right. What were the other arches we saw on the Devil's Playground? So after Double O Arch, it's a little bit of a stretch before we hit our next grouping of arches. So 
I remember leaving double O and that's where there were some Karens that had fallen over. So we needed to kind of find our way. And then once we'd realized we were at a point, we saw one Karen and then we got to a point and I remember there were just a bunch of stones scattered, but then we could see further ahead that there was another Karen. So at that point we were like, oh, this Karen has fallen over. So I remember picking the Karen up and like restacking it to kind of help guide. And so we were on the rocks for a little bit longer, highly elevated, like you were saying before, being able to kind of see out into the vastness of the park and being like astounded by that. We hit this point that was a little bit of a fork and there were three other arches that we could see. And it was um, the Navajo and the partition arch and then the landscape arch, which I believe from partition we could kind of see. Yeah. Um, they were all really close together. They were all really close together. They were off on their own little jut out. They were. So we had to like kind of do a little bit of a jut. And I remember at this point too, like we weren't really hiking with that many people, but there was a small group that were like right near us. Like at double O, there were definitely like, I would say there was like 20 or so people like all around double O. Totally. Including our hiking mamas that were there. But then like we continued on and it was, again, not as many people on the trail there. But we went to do like the Navajo arch and the partition arch, which I believe Navajo was the one that was set into the wall. And there was like a tree growing yes. in and partition arch you could walk out to and you could kind of, again, see like a, a view of the park through partition arch. And the thing is, some of these arches and arches national park are gigantic. Yeah. And then some of them are not. Right. Some of them are small. I just thought it was fascinating. There was a space that had so many arches that they were like, you know what? We're going to preserve this space and we're just going to call it arches. Yeah. That to me was the most fascinating thing about the title of this national park. Well, I think too, I think our, one of the jeopardies that we had done in the past, um, one of the clues I gave was something to the fact that if you discovered an undiscovered or an unmarked type of arch in the park, you had naming rights to it, which was pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. And the other thing that was really great is that each of these arches had signage with it. So you would walk up, there was no guesswork that needed to be done. Like there would be like a sign and a placard in front of that arch. So you were like really clear as to where you were. In a world in which, you know, we're like bulldozing natural space all the time to build stuff. It was really reassuring to see an entire national park that was dedicated just to this one natural landform Mm -hmm. of an arch. It's not the most complicated thing, but actually how it got made is thousands of years of work. Yeah. Of the earth. Yeah. So I had such a blast on Devil's Playground. Yeah. So we finish that jut out and we make our way back and now we're done with the loop and we're headed back to the parking lot. Yeah. And from the parking lot, we regroup and we're like, okay, we want to hit the following arches on the way out before we head off to our Airbnb. Right, because we knew we were coming back the following day and we knew we probably weren't going to drive that far out into the park. So the plan was to like basically hit anything that we knew we didn't want to drive as far out to get to. And with that, let's take another break. Messieurs et mademoiselles, bienvenue sur la scène. Sunday full prend. Now, that was French for ladies, and gentlemen, gentlemen, and everyone in between. Please welcome to the stage Sandy, Sandy Footprint. Footprint. Right. Yeah. So, Sandy Footprint is a drag name we came up with, um, inspired by Arches, but we thought it was so much funnier if she was French right. and pronounced her name Sunday full prend. 
<laughs> so right. Mike, um, who is Sunday for Pran? It's a question for the ages. Um, I oui, feel oui. like I feel a little Lumiere coming on. A like, little bit. You know, little I bit. feel like Be Our Guest is just going to burst out into song. So basically, Sandy Fupron is singing Be Our Guest. That's her song. Um, oh, I guess she does have that. Yeah. I mean, oh, along yeah. with another a, a loads of French repertoire right, right, in, right, her, right. in her uh, canon of lip syncs. Yeah. Um, so who is Sandy Fupron? Um, I feel like just like Sandy Area, she is a naturalist through and through. Through She's and through. She's a French n- naturalist. Yes, um, she is. And she is someone that enjoys the outdoors, but she enjoys the outdoors in style. Like she 100%. is a hundred percent a style queen. You know what I'm feeling for Sandy Fupront? What are you feeling? I'm feeling Shelley Long in Troop Beverly Hills. Ooh. Like that is her inspiration. <gasps> That is a hundred percent her inspiration for her character. Um, and also, I would just like to say that this episode is sponsored by True Beverly Hills. <laughs> God, I love What's that the cookie movie song so much. <laughs> cookie time! It's cookie time! Right? Cookie time! Yeah. Also, to the Freddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then. He permed me. <laughs> I could quote that movie all day long. Right. All day long. Yeah. God, I love that movie. So yeah, I feel like that's where she draws the majority of her inspiration from um, from all of Shelley Phil Long's Sneffler. Outfits. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is great. Yeah. I'm here for that. Sandy oh, yeah. Foupron. Sandy Foupron. Right. I feel like she's like uh, Phil Sneffler from True Beverly Hills and across with, I'm going to say this again, Coco Chanel. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like there's yeah. very high-end fashion yes, with yeah, her. Yeah. I feel like her colors her um, are like olive green, mm-hmm. tan, yeah. very sort of, you know, park ranger. Yeah, natural camouflage type colors without the camo necessarily. Right, and right. if it is camo, it's like camo done in like the highest, the haute couture of camo. haute <laughs> couture. Exactly. <laughs> right. Kacha. Kacha. And she just loves she loves being outdoors. But she she's a slave to fashion. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, Great. please welcome to the stage Miss Sandy, Sandy Foupron. So we we hark our way back to the car. We're definitely going to hit these at least these two arches. At this point, too, Devil's Playground took us a large part of the day. And it was getting late. And, and I remember I was tired. Mm-hmm. I was getting very tired. I mean, we were up really early. So we were like, we'll hit these two arches. We'll hit Broken Arch, and then we'll hit Sand Dune Arch, which we're on our way back. You said this, and I was like, yeah, okay, we will. <laughs> and then we got there, and I realized that they were literally like, you know, like a stone's throw from the parking yeah. lot. It was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. So s- the broken arch, we literally, you can park and it is, you're looking at it. You're looking at it. You can get closer to it, but you don't have to hike up to it. I actually don't think you could get, no, there the, wasn't a trail that went out. The trail out as close was to it. a circle around right. it. Yeah. It was a big old loop. And jutting off from that circle was the sand dune arch. We parked at broken arch we walked out to that circle. We walked mm-hmm. around the circle, and then we went off to the jut out to okay. do Sand Dune Arch. Now, okay. there was a parking lot by was, Sand right. Dune Arch, yeah. okay. which you could park by, okay. but we didn't park by there. Okay. We parked by Broken Arch. So we walk out to Sand Dune Arch, 
and we're looking at it and we're like, okay, this is the Sandin Arch. And I do remember at that moment, there were like a ton of children. There were just like running around all over the place. Well, the thing about Sand Dune Arch, too, is it's almost like in its rock enclosure. So yes. you actually kind of go through like a little bit of a slot. Mm-hmm. Can- I hate to call it a canyon, but it is like a narrow passageway in. You can enter and exit. There's two sides to it. It's fairly decently sized. And then in the middle of this, there is this arch and you're basically just hiking in sand here. And it was thick sand. You were moving slow. Yeah. I don't understand those people who train for runs while running on sand Mm -mm. because like walking on sand to me is already... Endurance test. Totally. So we had walked out. We'd seen Sand Dune Arch. We were like, okay, great. This is Sand Dune Arch. And we took some photos and then we were headed back. And 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 then lo and behold, who did we run into? Those same lovely ladies that we met at the beginning. Yeah. And so we were like oh my god hi again how is it going you guys are out here too and they were like yeah and so we were talking and then finally one of them was like so are we like getting drinks or something and i said i literally said the same thing to mike yeah. like after we saw each other last time also, i was like hi i'm mike <laughs> right do you want to get drinks and they right. were like yeah let's do it let's yeah. totally do it we hadn't checked into our airbnb yet so no. we were like listen we have and some we were tired yeah. and they actually they were like okay let's make plans but if we don't follow through with them don't be upset with us. Right. And it was like totally fine. We're gonna we're gonna abide by the same rules. And you may ask, why didn't we get their phone numbers? Well, so we I actually asked them, why don't we just exchange numbers? We can confirm like that. And they were like, Well, actually, we're from Canada, so none of our phones work. Right. Okay, well, what do we do? We and do so what we used to do. We did what we used to do. We just make a plan and make a time right. and we agree to it. And if they sh- and if we show up, then we show up. And so you actually had the idea there's a brewery in Moab. Yeah, someone had told me about it. Someone who I used to work with was like, hey, you're going out there? That's great. We know the people who own Moab Brewery. You should definitely go. We were like, why don't you meet us at Moab Brewery at 6 p.m.? Because it was like maybe like 3.34 o'clock at this time. And they were like, okay, great. Moab Brewery at 6 p.m. And so we got back in the car and I was like, we have a date with those hiking mamas. I'm so excited about Mm -hmm. it. So we get back in the car and we head out of the park. Broken Arch and Sand Dune Arch are actually really close to Devil's Playground. So we still had a bit of a drive out of the park. Yeah. So we drive out of the park, we get back onto the main road, and we head into Moab, which is literally like spitting distance. Yeah, it wasn't far at all. No. And we head to our Airbnb. Let's talk about our Airbnb for a second. We had an amazing Airbnb in Moab. Our Airbnb host was someone that was just hosting Airbnb. That was her job. That was her job now. Her full-time job was an Airbnb host. She owned a home, and she had, I believe there were like three or four Airbnb rooms in this home. There were four. There were four. Aside from her own bedroom. And she had her own bedroom that was, I think, like a converted garage that she had like fully renovated into her own quarters. I remember there was another place we were looking at on Airbnb, but it wasn't available on the dates we were going to be there. And then hers was available. And I remember looking at the listing and she had like an insane amount of rules on her listing. And you were like, well, it looks like this is our only option. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. So we went with her. And she was incredibly communicative. Oh, yeah. And then we made it there. And she was the 
friendliest. Yes. She said, oh, and here is the binder of rules. Oh, yeah. It was And then we sat there for 45 minutes and we read the binder of rules. After reading the binder of rules and getting to know her and getting to know the house, I concluded, oh, she's not someone who needs rules to feel she has the power. She is setting all of these rules so that everyone can relax yeah. and have fun. Yeah. And that was like seriously where she was coming from on it. All of her rules made sense. Yeah. None of them were petty, ridiculous, or any no. or extra in any sort of way. She leaves breakfast out every morning and not every Airbnb does no. that. And but it was she like an intense amount of breakfast intense, too. So many options too. Yeah. And she left it out at 11 p.m. every night before she went to bed because people leave at various times in the morning. Right. So she leaves breakfast, but one of the rules is, please don't eat this breakfast at any other time other than your right. personal breakfast time, because I'm not a restaurant here. I am doing this because I want you to have breakfast in yeah. the morning. In addition to having all of the rules in the binder, she also had them taped all over the house. Right. It was so nice because there were a lot of different people staying there those days that we were there. And I loved that. I loved getting to meet some of those other people. And she had this giant, beautiful living room that mm-hmm. had like all these plants that you loved. Oh yeah. Loving and, my um, labor life. I mean, it was like a half like living room, half greenhouse sort of situation. Right. And that led to an outdoor space with more plants. Yeah. But you could like hang out there, sit on the computer and do work. Yeah. I think I actually did one night and it was... The cool thing about our room was that you could enter it from the main house, but we also had a sliding door with a key that we could come in and out of so we didn't disturb anybody. We didn't disturb anybody. And I believe our room slept four because there was like a king size or a queen size bed, which I think you slept in. And then there were bunk beds. And, and do you know what I loved about that room? Yeah. She had weighted blankets on the mm-hmm. beds and I'd never slept with a weighted blanket. And then after that moment, I was like... I must have a weighted blanket <laughs> from now on. I have never slept better. Someone hugging you all the night. In addition, she also had rules like you can only spend a tops 15 minutes in the bathroom. Uh, Don't shower after a certain time. She had that rule on the bathroom that we used because yeah. she had two bathrooms in the hallway and two rooms shared one and then two rooms shared another one. Yeah. And you weren't allowed to use the bathroom that was not yours. Yeah. The bathroom that we had, we could not shower after 10 p.m. because yeah. it was adjacent to a bedroom. And so she didn't want to disturb those people. And like you couldn't shower anytime before 6 a.m. I was a little intimidated by her from her listing. And then I met her and I was like, oh, no, I get it. You yeah. have rules because like now everybody can have fun. Yeah. The other thing that I really appreciated about her Airbnb was because in Moab, it's so close to Arches, Canyonlands. And like there was also like an off-roading convention yeah. the week we were there. Yeah. There were so many kinds of adventures that you can have. And if you were venturing out solo yes, and you didn't this. have anybody mm. to be responsible for you, you could literally leave like what she called a risky adventure form. If I'm not back by this time, mm-hmm. then I need you to call this number mm-hmm. and tell them there's a problem. Like that time I joined joined Scientology. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Let's not joke about that. Yeah. I have lost a friend to Scientology Sorry. and it's not great. It was a lovely Airbnb experience and I would totally stay there again. So after kind of situating and, and getting ourselves like acquainted with everything, we're like, all right, we like should take a shower and and head off into the night. And head off to go meet our, our hiking new mamas. friends, our hiking mamas at the brewery. So we showered and then we set off on foot because it was about a mile down the road. Yep. So we were like, no, we want to go to the brewery and we want to like imbibe and we don't want to feel 
like weird about driving. Yeah. Like, so we did the responsible thing and we didn't drive. So we walked the, I think it was the mile and a half. Yeah. We were like, whatever, we love walking. And we head off down the road toward the Moab Brewery to meet our hiking mamas. It's time for Jeopardy. It is time for Jeopardy. Mike, what is your Jeopardy category today? My Jeopardy category for today is before, during, and after, and then some. Oh my God. Get Did you ready. do four parters? Strap in. Uh, oh. It's four part. God. Okay. But I think I've done a good job at really describing it well. So I think I think you're gonna be okay. A lot of these are based around idioms and phrases. So before, during, and after, and then some for one hundred. A phrase you would use to describe a game of billiards in your pants with a hottie with a body who skims dead leaves out of your in-ground oasis with the phrase a girl may call her man Panion coupled with a Pixar film about inanimate objects that come to life. What is pool boy toy story okay you're so close okay what is the game of pool boy toy Mm -mm. story play pocket pool boy toy story okay so a game of billiards you play in your pants i got it got it it, got it got it okay before during and after and then some for 200 great a phrase to describe a quick getaway with a smelly finish from your tires with an elastic that is used to stretch around rolled up Lisa Frank posters, with the first aid must have for boo boos, and a phrase to describe helping someone to commit a crime. Is it burning rubber band aid a, a crime? And a bat, aid and a bat. Aid and a bet? Yes, is helping someone to commit a crime is the phraseology oh, there. That is a phrase I've never used in okay. my life. Well, now you know. Great. Thank right. you. Great. All right. Moving on. Before, during, and after, and then some for 300. You're doing well with this. This is a lot. I know this. It is. But I, I like got excited it, about it. I like it. Um, a phrase that literally means to throw a tantrum. Literally means to throw a tantrum. Mm-hmm. With a phrase that means to be very angry, but sounds like a gift is ready to be wrapped. Mm-hmm. With a phrase that describes one's status if they are married or handcuffed to a bed. Uh-huh. With a phrase that means you've reached the dirty end of it all okay is it pitch a fit to be tied the knot i don't know the rest what is pitch a fit to be tied down to the nitty-gritty oh <laughs> that was the deep cut but i appreciate it because i feel satisfied that i got the first oh half. yeah i was very happy for you there i was excited when i saw your face like light up on that okay, okay. great Before, during, and after, and then some for 400. I'm ready. A phrase that means to be as inebriated as a barracuda, flounder, or fluke, with a phrase that describes the feeling of awkwardness when you are not in your comfort zone, much like a flounder among sharks, with a phrase that describes the passing of an argument like a stream below a crossing, with the famous Simon and Garfunkel song. Okay, I'm a little 
stuck on the first one, but I'm going to give you everything okay. I got, Go. which is drunk as a fish out of water under the bridge over troubled That's water. correct. Oh, my you God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Isn't that the most satisfying, though? It is the most satisfying. Yes. Before, during, and after, for and then some for 500. So our final clue. A phrase that describes this Eden fruit, your iris and pupil, with this song that was made famous by the movie Rocky, with this poem by William Blake about a black and orange striped animal, a black and orange striped animal that smolders with luminosity, and a phrase to describe getting up before the sun rises. The first one ends with apple. Mm-hmm. Like the forbidden apple. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Is that it? It doesn't end with apple. It actually starts with apple. Oh, what is apple of my eye of the tiger? And I don't know the poem. So the poem is Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright. No. So a black and orange striped animal, a black and orange striped animal that smolders with luminosity. You gave me the great clue, but yes, Apple tiger, my tiger, eye burning bright. I would have never known of the tiger, tiger burning bright and early. Oh, I see. Well, look at that. Well done before, during and after, and then some very tricky. And very I applaud tricky. you because you did very, very well. with Thank it. you. I yeah. liked that. Good. Are you ready for my jeopardy? I am. My body is ready. Okay. So it's so funny that you mention that if you discovered an arch, you could name the arch. Great. So this category is called the Divas Playground. <laughs> yes. And so in this if category, I... um, in this category, mm-hmm. different divas have discovered arches Great. in Arches National Park. In Orches National Park. And they have named them after their number one hit songs. Oh, beautiful. So you have to name the new arch. Great. Ready? Here we go. Divas Playground for 100. (laughs) This arch, if it was discovered by Lady Gaga during a National Park's Pride March, named for her number one hit song from 2011 and the title track of her sophomore album. What is the Born This Way arch? Correct. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) great the divas playground for 200 this arch if it was discovered on veterans day by mariah carey who chose to honor those who give their life and service to our country by naming it after her 1993 number one hit song what is the fantasy arch incorrect (sighs) and then a hero comes along what is the hero arch Mm, i was trying Mm -hmm. to figure out the veterans day hero hero right The Divas Playground for 300. This arch, if it was discovered by, rest in peace, Miss Whitney Houston, after a long day of hiking and feeling all of the feelings, and therefore named after her 1987 number one hit song. Is it the I Have Nothing arch? Incorrect. What is the so emotional arch? (sighs) Okay. Yeah, feeling all the feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing, banging it up here with all these divas. Here we go. Okay. The Divas Playground for 400. This arch, if discovered by Canadian hero Celine Dion, on the day of her husband Renee's passing, and named for her 1996 number one hit song 
from the film Up Close and Personal, starring Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Is it the beat of my heart? No. What is that? Where does my heart beat? Where does my heart beat? No. No. Try again. (laughs) Is it? It's all coming back to me. It is not. (laughs) And evidently, it is not. No. Um. I got nothing. What is the because you loved me? Oh, damn it. For all those times you stood for me. Literally about an arch. Mm. Anyway, moving on to the Divas Playground for 500. Clearly my track record is not going to serve me well here. Well, here we go. This arch, if discovered by Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams, sands their Destiny's Child frontrunner and named for their tenacity and willingness to have lives and careers without her, and for their group's hit song, which reached number two in 2001, and also the name of a popular reality show, often set on an island. Oh, I didn't realize that was set without her. What is the Survivor Arch? Correct. Okay, no, no, no. The song was sung with her, but I'm saying if Kelly and Michelle discovered that arch by themselves, right. they named got it, it for it. their own tenacity and willingness it, to like it. have lives without Beyonce. Yeah. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so they named it the Survivor Arch. Gotcha. And that is the Divas Playground. The Divas Playground. That was well done. Thank you. And clearly I need to brush up on my Divas. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. You can also email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. The theme song and original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. We always appreciate it. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Arches National Park, that we were on the traditional lands of the Ute Indian tribe. On our next episode, we hike all the way to Delicate Arch in Arches National Park. Thank you.